0: Hi, my name is Malcolm Duncan and I want to thank you for stopping by the Thin Places podcast. Whether you're exploring faith or seeking to deepen your faith, my prayer is that as you listen, it will be a blessing to you. Please make sure that you click or subscribe to the podcast to be kept up to speed with all the latest episodes. I'd love you to take a look at some of my other resources that are available on the internet too. You can go to my Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash Rev Malcolm Duncan for daily updates and reflections. You can visit my webpage malcolmduncan.co.uk, where you can order books and listen to some other resources and link to my written blog. And lastly you can take a look at my YouTube channel which has some videos of me speaking in various contexts and some biblical exposition as well as some videos of me exploring contemporary topics and issues. Thanks very much for stopping by and I pray that God would richly bless you. This is episode 15 of the Good Grief series, the last episode entitled God is Enough, the painful lesson of grief and its power to reorder our lives. Thank you so much for listening with me through these last 15 episodes. And in this last episode, in the end, there is a profound challenge in grief and loss, I think. We either let it reorder our lives and we lean into God or we become angry, disillusioned and resentful and we lean away from God. I want to share a final story with you about my own journey and it is a painful one. Some months after my brother died, but before my mother died, I was driving home after a preaching engagement. It had gone well, I think. The small congregation had gathered and they had been open and receptive to God's word. I was driving back to the church I led for the evening service. I was tired, I was worn and I was sad. For some reason, my brother's face had been before me most of the day. I'd been thinking of him a lot. I think perhaps it was because... It was close to my birthday and I remember very special days with him when it was my birthday. He was kind to me. I had parked the car to buy a cup of coffee and on the way back I had one of the moments I described earlier. A man walked past me wearing aftershave. I think it might have been Aramis. And it reminded me of my brother. Already feeling sad and heavy with the memory of him, I decided to take a few minutes longer in the evening air. Maybe it would help. Life was going on all around me, something I have already described to you as a struggle. I watched people holding hands, families walking back from the services with food. There was a man on a mobile phone, a woman holding her little girl's hand. A family getting into a people carrier. Music played from a sporty Volkswagen Golf on my left. Cars were coming and going. The early evening bustle of the car park was all around me. I sighed. The deep, long sigh of someone who had become too bogged down in sadness. Lord, I said, please don't let me bury someone else that I love for a while. I remembered the prayer that I'd prayed all those years ago on my way back to Bournemouth after my father's death. This felt like a similar plea. God answered me, I think, but not in the way that I expected. I sensed his whisper in my soul. Malcolm, you will never bury the one you love most. He has died and risen again and will never die. You will never attend his funeral. You will never mourn at his graveside. You will never need to say goodbye to him because he will never leave you. Your problem is that you do not love him in the way that you think. You have allowed all the other loves in your life to become more important than Him. Until you fix that, you will continue to struggle with death and the loss of those you love. And when you fix it, you will be able to bury anyone. I was undone. This was not what I had expected to sense God was saying to me, but it was true. The reality was that I had allowed my wife, my children, my brothers, my sister, my family and many other people to become more important, more central in my life than God himself was. I'd never seen it or realised it, but I did in that moment. I think I'd allowed them to become idols. An idol is anything or anyone that you cannot live without. It was definitely true. I thought of Debbie, of my children, of my sister and my brothers. Could I live without them? Would I want to live without them? My emotions began to crumble around me. The reason I could not face the loss of another person in my family was because I had allowed my family, those I loved, to be more important to me than God was. If I had been asked to choose between God and them, I think in the end I may have chosen them. And until I dealt with that, the fear of burying another loved one would haunt me. I gave myself time to recover and made my way home. There followed a few months of talking this through with my wife and with my family. We reordered our lives. We realised that when we let God have the very centre of our lives, we would love each other more, but we would also hold each other more lightly. Placing God back at the centre did not result in loving my family less. It resulted in loving my family more. But it was painful. I had to share my own shortcomings and I had to stare into my own mistakes. I had to admit my own failures. I had to reorder my priorities. We all did. But as I did, I began to realise something. People often talk about the gift of suffering in a glib way. I don't think it helps at all. I don't think God sends suffering as a gift. I think he permits it, I think he uses it, but that is not the same as him being the author of it. As I reordered my life and my priorities, I began to discover what, for me, the gift of suffering had actually been. I have travelled to some of the darkest places a human soul can reach. I have felt the blackness of death stick to me. I have cried into the void. I have hammered on the doors of heaven. I have kissed the face of a dead brother, a dead mother, dead father, dead nephew and dead brother-in-law and I have lost a child. I have buried too many people. I have held the hands of too many as they have died. I've come close to losing my mind. I've wept and I've run out of tears. I've stared into the darkness of the night sky and wondered what life was about. I have watched those closest to me be devastated by loss. I have walked ahead of the corpses of my loved ones as the officiating minister. I've put my shoulder under the coffins of my family And I've walked in solidarity with them. I have collapsed at gravesides when no one has watched. I have scattered ashes, wiped headstones with my tears and walked alone on the beach in the dark. I have stared out of windows in sadness. I've mourned. I've placed my hands on the dead bodies of my loved ones and asked God to give them back to me. And he has refused every time I have asked. I have become a broken man. But I believe this gospel to be true. I believe that God is good. And his love endures forever. I believe he is enough. He will carry me through the storm. He will finish what he starts He will swallow death up in victory. This. I believe this. This is the truth of my life. God is good. This is the result of good grief. He walks with me through the valley. He brightens the darkness. He holds me in the shadows. His gift of life makes me hate the squatter called death. He is my home because life... Is what I was made for. When the world does not notice my loss and time seems to stand still, he is there, watching, holding, hearing me always. When everything feels unpredictable and chaotic, he is my order and my peace. He is my hope. He holds me in the seasons of my grief, my warmth in winter, my strength in spring, my soother in summer, and my all in all in autumn. He holds my hand when I walk on sorrow's path. More importantly, he holds the hands of those I love when they walk from life on earth to life beyond earth. He has taught me how to have a different grip. He has helped me to sing in the shade of sorrow and taught me the cadence of loss. He has shown me how to live in both the major and minor keys of life. He has journeyed with me through loss making Lazarus my friend and his story my light. He has shown me that he is the one who is always there, even when it feels like he has not come to me. I have learned that I do not need to see him for his presence to be real. I do not need to understand him to trust him. I can know his love without being able to define it. And he has taught me that absence does not mean I have disappointed him. Absence does not mean ignorance on his part. Absence does not mean he is not interested or he does not care. I have come to understand that absence felt is proof of intimacy enjoyed. He has redeemed my sorrow. He has stepped into my pain. He has journeyed with me through it, not waited for me on the other side of it. He has shown me why my grief has been good for me and how grief has brought healing to my soul he has embedded in me the conviction that death does not have the last word love is stronger than hate light is stronger than darkness hope is stronger than despair life is stronger than death he has shown me that my sorrow can be shared with him he can take it and transfigure it a loss That seems inexplicable can become part of a life that is eternal. My loss does not need to be explained to be lifted. God is strong enough to carry me and to carry my heartbreak. All of this is the gift of my suffering. All of these realisations are the product of my pain. My mourning has meant something. My heartbreak has opened my soul to more of God's grace. My suffering has reordered me. It has changed me forever. I have come to see God more clearly and love him more closely while understanding him less than I ever have. He has taken the torn fragments of my soul and held them tenderly in his hands. He has helped me to put him back at the centre of my life and allowed me to leave my broken heart in his hands. This is good grief and I am grateful to him for it and I pray that somehow you too will discover his comfort, his grace, his peace and above all hope as you examine and think and reflect about your own loss and may you discover that your heart is held tenderly in the nail-pierced hands of the God who comes to you in your suffering and pain and sits with you in it. I pray that you will know that God is a God who transforms our sorrow and gives us a hope that the world cannot destroy. God bless you and thank you for making the journey through Good Grief with me. I pray that the podcast series and the book that accompanies it, will help you. If you'd like me to engage with you in any way, then please contact me through social media or email. If I can help with workshops, a conversation, an email, a brief exchange with one another around how this journey has impacted you, then I would be honoured to do so. And we look forward together to the day when God will make all things new, not as a panacea that removes our pain, but as a hope that holds us in the storm. God bless you and thank you for walking with me.